Have you ever wondered why almost all the health and wellness information you see out there is so white, cis, able-bodied, and het? I know I have, and as a queer black registered dietitian, I gotta tell you, I'm not into it. I believe health and happiness should be accessible to everyone. That is precisely why I wrote Decolonizing Wellness, a QT BIPOC-centered guide to escape the diet trap, heal yourself image, and achieve body liberation, and why I host Body Liberation for All. The road to health and happiness has a couple of extra steps for chronically stressed people like queer folks and folks of color. But don't worry, my guests and I have got you covered. If you're ready to live the most fierce, liberated, and joyful version of your life, you are in the right place. Yeah, they might try to put you in a box. Tell them that you don't accept. When the world is tripping out, tell them that you love yourself. Hey, hey, smile on them. Live your life just how you like it. It's your party. Negativity is not invited. For my queer folk, my trans, people of color, let your voice be heard. Look in the mirror and say that it's time to put me first. You were born to win. Head up high with confidence. This show is for everyone. So I thank you for tuning in. Let's go. I recently received a really great question and it resonated with me because it's something that in the past I'd asked myself as well. Someone asked, what motivates you to keep going when even our political environment seems opposed against our fundamental well-being? And my initial answer in hindsight, it sounded a little salty, even though that wasn't my intention. But that feeling, that knowing that you live in a nation or you live in a social environment where the power structures really are set up to undermine your well-being, to destroy you, to shorten your lifespan, that is not a new experience for Black Americans. And it's certainly not a new experience for Indigenous people in North America. So when recently attacks on trans folks have intensified and the political undermining of trans well-being has been intensifying... It's a familiar feeling. And so part of me responds like a tired person. And fair enough, this could be part of the aging process, <laughs> the feeling tired. But I can understand now more than ever what the older folks were talking about years ago people who'd who'd been living with systemic oppression longer than I'd been alive and who had lived through intense periods of unrest during the civil rights movement and had a feeling that really not that much had changed when they would say things like, well, nothing's changed, but the weather at the time, their palpable exhaustion didn't make any sense to me. But now in middle age, I understand it a lot more. This failure to allow room for everyone's humanity in the U.S., this is a pattern and it's exhausting. And after a while, some of us just feel a little numb to it, but everyone's reaction is valid. And depending on how long you've been having these feelings and how you as an individual process that type of chronic distress over time, you know, how you initially responded to it may change. So when we're interacting with people who maybe are really being hit with the reality of how intense injustice is for the first time that they're really seeing it on this level, it is so extremely stressful 
when you start noticing and you have these continual reminders that your well-being is not guaranteed and there are not as many systems in place to protect you as people living shoulder to shoulder with you that have celebrated or affirmed identities in the area of the world that you're living. It it's real. These reactions are valid. So I wanted to take a second pass at my answer and give a more comprehensive answer for how I manage and how I've seen other people manage with really stressful news cycles or really stressful political developments. When I look back at my answer, part of it does still hold true for me. And that was that I do find comfort in knowing that we cannot be erased. We belong here as much as anyone else belongs here, and we don't need anyone's permission to exist, regardless of what other people's understanding of gender is. We are here, and we've always been here, and we're not going anywhere. We do not need permission to take up space. We will eventually get everything that we are asking for. It's just a matter of time. And whether or not that'll happen in our lifetime, I don't know. But we've already seen tremendous changes as far as marriage equality goes, for example. No doubt, we're still dealing with homophobia 24-7. However, There are a lot more protections in place now than some of us would have thought possible 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. I feel that in my bones. When one of us gets tired, someone else will pick up the mantle and progress will continue. It's inevitable. But the fact remains that when the political environment is saying that you're not valid or you don't even exist, You are more vulnerable to other people acting out against you in violent ways, and that is unnerving. So it only makes sense that your body would respond to it and that this would elevate your baseline stress levels. One of the most powerful things that I have done for myself and that I have worked with clients on is teaching your body the difference between real present moment physical danger and stress responses that are related to something you're hearing or you're thinking about possible negative outcomes in the future. So if you're sitting alone in your room, watching the news, listening to how people are systematically creating structures that will make your existence more difficult, more dangerous, as you ruminate on that, as you take that in, it can become impossible for your body to make the distinction between real present moment danger and this sense that there's looming future danger. When you're alone in your room watching the news, are you in immediate physical danger? No. Is your body still potentially flooded with stress hormones as though maybe you are prepping to run away from a physical threat? Yes. So part of us might wonder, well, if I don't stay in that state of high alert, if I don't keep my head on a swivel, will I be more vulnerable? But the truth is when danger is present, you will know. 
and you'll be able to navigate that situation to the best of your ability in the moment. You don't have to stay on high alert 24-7. And in fact, staying on high alert burns you out, runs you down, and robs you of the maximum potential that living in the present moment has, the joy that you could be experiencing in the present tense. It can feel unclear how you even go about teaching your body the difference, but there are specific things you can physically do that bring you into the present moment. So one way is just to focus on noticing. Notice where you're holding tension in your body. Notice what fear feels like in your body and question or track what you can do to make yourself feel safer in the present, what has worked in the past. So I know for me, I don't have any lived experience with being in danger and being wrapped in a cozy blanket. So if I get my weighted blanket, I'm sending my whole body a signal that in this moment, everything's fine. We're at home, we're by ourselves, or we're surrounded by trusted people, chosen family. It's okay to release that tension. We're not about to have to run. We're not about to have to fight. So looking out for the things that physically signal safety to you can be helpful. Realizing that you need breaks from that feeling of fear and stress and searching for opportunities to give yourself that break. Watching your body and paying attention to your body will make it easier for you to notice times when the tension lifts or that fear lifts. For a lot of us, that's going to be in the presence of our friends, our chosen family, when you're laughing, when you're distracted by something that is so joyful, it sucks you into the present moment. Maybe spending time with people who have similar lived experience to use shared identities that are also being undermined. So you know that when you're in the company of these folks, you don't have to explain anything. You can just be, they already know what is troubling you, what's weighing on your mind, what you have in your heart. And they're more likely to understand if you try and explain how it's affecting you and your individual body. Knowing that you don't have to do that labor in itself feels like a lift. For some of us, we may only feel that tension releasing when we're alone. So prioritize alone time. If that's the only time you feel like you don't have to be on high alert, you need that. You need breaks. Also look for anywhere where you experience those same sensations of tension or fear that you could potentially opt out of. Could you use more breaks from social media? I strategically manage the time that I spend engaging with political content online. I stay tapped in when it's time to take action. You can do this by following advocacy groups or following activists. For me, Generally, the best thing to do is to be on a mailing list so when there is a call to action, I can take it and so that I don't get these constant pings about more bad news, more developments in state after state after state once I'm beyond the point at which 
I had an action I could take because you will experience empathy for people who are being robbed of this sense of safety, even if you don't physically live in the same area as them. And maybe you're in a state where you have a little bit more protection. You just have to gauge, do I really need to know this right now? Can I help? Can I do anything? Or is this just pulling on me and I don't have any more heart space for this? I don't have any more capacity for this. All of my life, I've been a fan of self-help books. But when I entered adulthood and I started having to deal with chronic stress related to my marginalized identities, I came up empty when I looked for resources that could help me find more peace and cultivate joy in my life while living with systems that oppose queer folks, folks of color, finding any peace and having any joy in their lives. I wrote Decolonizing Wellness because this is the resource that I needed years ago. It is centered on QT BIPOC and it is designed to help you find peace in your now body, heal your self-image, and feel truly free in your body in a world that doesn't support and affirm you the way that it should. And while the book does center QT BIPOC folks, it's been very interesting to me to hear all the positive feedback from cisgender white folks who have found the message liberatory as well. So this is a fabulous resource specifically for folks like myself, but also for anyone who's interested in looking more closely at the role that systemic oppression and chronic stress has on the human body. So if you haven't already, be sure to pick up your copy of Decolonizing Wellness. You can find it virtually anywhere through any major book retailer right now, but check out DahliaKinsey.com and hit the events and media tab so that you can easily find it at your preferred retailer. One of the most upsetting things about systemic oppression to me isn't even just the horrific displays of violence that people are sometimes subjected to. It's the way your every day, every minute of your life can be taken away from you. That you can be robbed of your ability to focus on things that give you joy, that make you feel fulfilled, that make you feel like your body is your own, your life is your own. Being able to reclaim that and experience life as you want it, even if it's not all the time, even if it's just occasionally, is so crucial. We can't give all of our energy up to keeping up with the ways that people are attacking us. That's not living a full life. And it's not fair to us. But sometimes the only way to make sure That isn't how all of our time is spent is to set those boundaries ourselves. So if there isn't an action to be taken, the question is, do you need this information right now? How is this information making you feel? Do you need to expend energy on trying to convince everyone that you exist and that your existence is valid and that you deserve a space in the social setting in which you were born or Is your life actually going to be more nuanced than that? Because defending ourselves is not the main thing for a lot of us. For me, that focus is exhausting. Constantly putting energy into trying to convince 
people that just aren't getting that all variations of humanity are valid and wonderful and should be affirmed. It just doesn't nourish me. So I really keep an eye on how much time I spend on that. I recently had a wonderful meditation retreat experience and something that came up for me during the retreat is that moving towards the energy that I get from focusing on the love that I have for people that I feel aligned with, that have been told they don't belong, that I want to affirm, and releasing the need to convince or convert people that are not aligned is where I get lifted up. That's where my energy comes from. Focusing on the love and releasing the need to try and explain to oppressors that they're on the wrong path. They've chosen a caustic, harmful path to them, to their children, to literally everyone. It feels so much more energizing, so much more joyful and nourishing for me to focus on uplifting people that I want to affirm. I don't feel that activism on both fronts is necessary for me. It doesn't light me up. And so I'm just not going to do it. I've sacrificed enough minutes of my lifetime trying to convince oppressors that they've done harm and trying to explain the nuance of my experience as a black person, as a non-binary person, as a queer person. And I'm bored with it. So I'm not doing it anymore. This is a way in which I'm honoring the messaging that comes from my body, that heavy feeling, that bored feeling, that exhausted feeling that I get when somebody wants some diversity, inclusion, not bullying, not being a jerk, 101 level info. It just doesn't light me up. So paying attention to what your body is telling you. Some people really do love teaching the basics. Some people love trying to change hearts and minds. That is not for me. So when you try to evaluate what you are here to do, check in to what your body is telling you. What is energizing? Maybe you love explaining things to people that have been spoken about ad nauseum since the 1950s and earlier. That is not my jam, but if that's what you want to do and it is giving you energy and it doesn't make you feel drained, frustrated, or angry, then awesome. Then that's what you should be doing. But if you find that while you're doing good work and advocating for others, you're losing joy and I mean hemorrhaging joy, then that is not it. In this liberation work, your liberation matters too. So when you're looking for how you're going to tap into a sustainable energy source while you're trying to make the world a better place, a safer place for other folks. You have to prioritize your own joy, your own safety. Your well-being is just as important as everyone else's. It's one thing to experience occasional frustration in your activism because you feel like we take two steps forward and then the pushback is really strong and you question, are we really making progress? That's normal. You'll know the difference between burnout because the work is sucking the life out of you and a temporary frustration if you look at it and check in with your body. 
Another thing I recommend is leaning really hard into self-care. When you're hit with stressful news and stressful political changes that negatively impact us, this could mean taking more time for yourself, time off if you have that ability at work. This could mean more meditation, more stretching, more joyful movement, more journaling. It could mean laying in bed all day on a Saturday and just watching cartoons, focusing on lighthearted things and giving your body a break. Look for ways to take a break that will light you up. This may not be something that would be significant to anyone but you, and that's good too. So to summarize, in response to the question of how I manage when it feels like the political environment is determined to act against my well-being is one, I identify my stress triggers and I look for triggers that I can opt out of being exposed to. I connect with my chosen family and people that affirm me so that I can exist in a space where We don't have to explain things. We can just exist and hold space for each other and understand what's taking a toll on our well-being and build each other up. Three, I take extensive breaks from social media and I strategically manage the time that I spend engaging with political content online. Four, I practice self-care. And for me, over the years, that has looked like lots of therapy lots of meditation. And at some points in the past, it has looked like prescriptions because sometimes the goal is just survival. And other times in your life, when you're at a point of thriving, it might look a little different, but because healing is not linear, there will be ups and downs. Our experience of well-being isn't linear either, and that is okay. And five, I do engage. I advocate for positive changes in my community. When there is an action for me to take, I take it. Sometimes that means writing legislators. Sometimes that means making monetary donations to people who are deep in the work and know how to best leverage resources. I really hope you're being gentle with yourself during this stressful period. I remind myself and I encourage everyone else to remember this also. The only constant in life is change. And no matter how dark things are looking now in some parts of the country and some parts of the world, this will also change. We cannot all be erased. It is difficult. It is stressful when people try to erase us or pretend that we aren't real or that we don't know who we are. We're all somehow confused about who we are, but we are entitled to be here. We're entitled to be visible. We're entitled to comfort and to safety in the environments that we were born into. And eventually things will get better because when one of us or two of us is too tired and too heartbroken to take another step, someone else will pick up the mantle and the growth will just keep ongoing. I'm sending you all my love, hoping you find rest and some peace after listening to this. If you have any questions, please feel free to email them to me or message me on the website, daliakinsey.com, D-A-L-I-A-K-I-N-S-E-Y. 
There are also really helpful embodiment exercises in the book that you may find beneficial. So if you already have a copy of Decolonizing Wellness, I encourage you to go back and revisit some of those sections so that you can find peace in your body regardless of what is going on in the world around us. All right, I will talk to you next time. Yeah, they might try to put you in a box. Tell them that you don't accept. When the world is tripping out, tell them that you love yourself. Hey, hey, smile on them. Live your life just how you like it. It's your party. Negativity is not invited. For my queer folk, my trans, people of color, let your voice be heard. Look in the mirror and say that it's time to put me first. You were born to win. Head up, high with confidence. This show is for everyone. So I thank you for tuning in. Let's go.